We're Dad, starting. Hi guys! I'm the first one to talk. <laughs> Your mama's listening. All right. All right, let's get started for real because it's quarter after. Goodness. All right, let's pray. Yep, you can shut the door. That's fine. All right. All right. Let's pray. Right. You ready? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're uh, so really ignorant of all of the continual blessings that you shower on us. And oftentimes we're guilty of worshiping the very things that you've given to us rather than the giver. And please forgive us, Lord. Teach us. Now teach us more about who you are. <clears throat> and even as we study different characters and people in the history of your church that you have promised to build and will build, um, that we would be more than anything be turned towards Jesus, uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We love you. Thank you for first loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. All right. Yeah. Okay. Here. Let, I'll take the hand and I'll give it to her and she will put it away. All right. All right. We are going to. We're going to jump back into the story of John Newton for just a couple minutes, okay? Because I don't want you to lose track of, of him and what's going on with him and how God's working because it gets really good, okay? It gets really exciting. Yes. That's all college and careers. That's the class that is in here on Sundays, I think. So, Not my papers. Not my papers. All right. Here we go. All right. Anybody remember we, we didn't read John Newton last week, so now you're maybe have forgotten where we left off with him, but what was going on in his life? He's pretty young still, but he's already he been through some... Learned. He had met the love of his life, he thought, right? Okay. All right. All right. Are we listening? That's okay. Here we go. Oh, how did she... She's got a good memory. She pays attention. All right. She does good. All right. He became... So, so he was... Um, he was, let's see, let's back up a little bit just so we can remember. Yeah, he was doing his best to kind of be the kind of man that he knew he ought to be for a lady like that. But again, he's trying to change something that only God can change, okay? So he says, thus, with fine words, because he was reading this book called Lord Shaftesbury's Characteristics. And he's trying to kind of make a big change in his life. It's kind of like going to the book store and getting Joel Osteen's Your Best Life Now and trying to make a big trying to make a big change in your life. Okay? That's kind of what was going on in his life. All right, pay attention. Here we go. Thus, with fine words and fair speeches, my simple heart was beguiled. What's the word beguiled mean? Man up. Beguiled. His fair, his his heart. He says, "Thus, with fine words and fair speeches, my simple heart was beguiled." Who knows what beguiled means? I didn't hear again because the whole. Thus, with fine words and fair speeches, my simple heart was beguiled. Okay. Tricked. Tricked. Who thinks that you should follow your heart? Huh? Anybody? You ever heard that before? Follow your heart. Why should you not? Why should you not follow your heart? Thank you, Kaya. Your heart is deceitful and desperately... What's the rest of it? Your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. 
heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, Jeremiah chapter so somebody 17. Should, somebody okay. should dress up like a harp for Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Christmas okay, all right, let's keep going. So his heart was beguiled by reading this book. This book was always in my hand, and I read it until I could nearly repeat the rhapsody verbatim from beginning to end. No immediate effect followed, but it operated like a slow poison and prepared the way for all that came after. In December 1742, I returned from a voyage, and my father, not thinking of sending me to sea again, considered how to settle me in the world. So his dad was like, all right, I'm, did I? Okay, well, I may have. Let's see. Let's make sure. I did read it. Man, I'm so, good. Kaya is good. I made another mark and I didn't notice it. All right. Okay, so that no wonder it's not talking about the young lady because I picked up in the wrong spot. Here we go. Let's 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 catch up. It did not prevent me. All right, he's talking about his his love. Uh, his, my love seemed to promise great things as an incentive to diligence and activity in life. Okay, but in reality, it performed nothing. All right. So you can't change yourself. That's kind of the that's kind of the theme of the entire John Newton story that we're going to be reading here. You cannot change yourself, okay? It did not prevent me from engaging in a long period of excess and revelry. Older words, if he's engaged in excess and revelry, what would that be, mean? Living, you could put it this way, living wild, <laughs> okay? All right. It did not prevent me, his love, did not prevent me from engaging in, in a long period of excess and revelry, utterly unworthy of my honorable pretensions. In other words, in his mind, he was like, I'm going to be the kind of man that I ought to be. But in his actual actions, he was still who he was. Okay? How many of you, you've listened to some sermons, something that kind of caught your attention, and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Now I am going to be like this. And you're still who you are. Right? That's what was going on with him. All right? I now considered everything in a new light. I concluded it would be absolutely impossible for me uh, to live as far away as Jamaica for a term of four or five years. Because remember, he was going to Jamaica. But now he's like, man, I don't want to be in Jamaica for that long. Right? Therefore, I determined I would not go. I could not bear either to tell my father the true reason or invent a false one. So now he's, now he's in between a rock and a hard place, isn't he? He doesn't want to tell his dad the real reason. What's the real reason? This girl that he wants to be near. And he doesn't want to lie. So now what's he gonna, what do you think he's going to do? Anybody got an idea? All right. Okay. Therefore... Holden is a smart guy. Therefore, I determined that I would not. <laughs> I determined that I would not go. I could not. Okay, I already read that. I stayed. Uh, or, here we go. Therefore, without giving any notice to him why I did so, I stayed three weeks instead of three days in Kent. I thought the opportunity would be lost and the ship would sail without me. So he stayed for three weeks instead of three days where he was, hoping that when he got back, the ship would be gone and he'd be like, oh man, I missed the ship, <laughs> okay, because he was deceitful. I then returned to London. I had highly displeased my father by this disobedience, but he was more easily reconciled than I expected. In a little time, I sailed with a, f a friend of his to Venice. On this voyage, I was exposed to the company and bad example of common sailors, among whom I was classed. 
with opportunities presenting themselves every day, I once more begin to relax from the sobriety, what's sobriety? Try to hang with me, character. Hang with me in your mind. I, he says, here on this voyage, with opportunities presenting themselves every day, he began to relax from the sobriety and control I had observed in some degree for more than two years. What does that mean? Come on, hang with me. Don't be bored. Understand it and you won't be bored. Okay? All right? With opportunities presenting themselves every day, he's on a ship again, going to Venice, I once more began to relax from the sobriety and control I had observed in some degree for more than two years. He, he had, he, sobriety means seriousness. So for two years, he'd been trying on his own to make an outward reform, right? He'd been trying to, he's trying to be a real man, trying to be like the kind of guy that he knew he should be. But now here he is, here he is with his kind. Anybody know the verse in Proverbs? I don't know the reference right off the top of my head, but it says this. It says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. Okay? Yeah. Um, and so, so here is a fool returned to his folly. I was sometimes pierced with sharp convictions. Though I made few, a few faint efforts to stop, I never recovered from this discipline as I had from several before. I did not as yet become completely degenerate, but I was making large strides towards total apostasy from God. The most remarkable warning I received in the last was a dream which made a very strong, although not abiding, impression on my mind. Now, statistically, just looking at this room, there are some John Newtons in here being raised with some noble efforts by noble parents in good places, and outwardly everything looks great. But, but, if there are only outward efforts at being a good person and being the kind of person your parents want you to be and being the kind of Christian you know you ought to be and all these kind of things, but something wrought of God has not taken place inside of you, then when you find yourself alone aboard a ship, now it won't be for you alone aboard a ship, likely, but it will be off in the world alone. The real heart will come out. And that's what was happening here with John Newton. Okay, And he was getting very close to what he said was total apostasy. What would that mean? What would the word apostasy mean? Yes. Nope. That's all right. Good. I'm, I'm, at least you're thinking. And usually you get them right, so no problem. All right, what? Giving up. Uh, close. Apostasy means, to, what, what, Karen, what do you think apostasy means? In the context here especially. The context will help you understand the word. Well, no, apostasy means rejection, complete rejection of the truth and walking away from it, saying, yeah, that all was good for me when I was young, but I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God. I'm out of here. This is dumb. Okay? That's apostasy. All right? Now, tell you what. Let's see. Yeah, I think we can do one more paragraph. Here we go. Because this will get us on a new path for him. In, the dream, in my dream, all right, all right, so let's see. Okay, I, I skipped a place. I was sometimes pierced with sharp convictions. 
Though I made few faint efforts to stop, I never recovered from this decline as I had from several before. I did not as yet become completely degenerate. That means, um, that means totally just as someone would describe, someone who's hopeless. But I was making large strides toward apostasy. The most remarkable warning I received in the last was a dream, which made a very strong, although not abiding, impression on my mind. In my dream, the scene was the harbor of Venice, where we had lately been. I thought it was night, and I was standing my watch on the dock. As I was walking back and forth by myself, someone brought me a ring. I was explicitly charged to keep it carefully and assured that while I preserved the ring, I would be happy and successful. If I lost or parted with it, I must expect nothing but trouble and misery. I accepted the present and the terms willingly, not doubting in the least that I would carefully preserve it. I was highly satisfied to have my happiness in my own keeping. Then a second person came to me. Observing the ring on my finger, he began to ask some questions concerning it. I readily told him about its virtues. He expressed surprise at my weakness in expecting such effects from a ring. He reasoned with me for some time and at last urged me to throw the ring away. At first I was shocked at the proposal, but his persuasions prevailed. I began to think and then to doubt. At last I plucked it off my finger and dropped it over the ship's side into the water. At the same instant, a terrible fire burst out from the range of mountains, a part of the Alps, which appeared at some distance behind the city of Venice. I saw the hills as distinctly as if awake, and they were all in flames. I perceived too late my foolishness. My tempter, with an air of insult, informed me that all the mercy of God in reserve for me was contained in that ring, which I had willfully thrown away. I understood that I must now go with him to the burning mountains. Then all the flames I saw were kindled on my account. I trembled and was in great agony, but my dream continued. As I stood self-condemned without a plea or hope, suddenly a third person, or the same who brought the ring at first, I'm not certain which, came to me and asked for the cause of my grief. I told him plainly, confessing that I had ruined myself willfully and deserved no pity. He blamed my foolhardiness and asked if I would be wiser if I had my ring again. I could hardly answer, for I thought it was gone beyond recovery. Indeed, I had no time to answer before I saw this unexpected friend go down under the water just at the spot where I had dropped the ring. He soon returned, bringing it with him. The moment he came on board, the flames in the mountains were extinguished, and my seducer left me. Then was the prey taken from the hand of the mighty, and the lawful captive delivered. Isaiah 49, 24. My fears ended. And with joy and gratitude, I approached my kind deliverer to receive my ring again. But he refused to return it and said to me, If you are to be entrusted with this ring again, you would very soon bring yourself into the same distress. You are not able to keep it. But I will preserve it for you whenever it is needful. I will, produ I will produce it in your behalf. I woke in a state of mind that is difficult to describe. I could hardly eat, sleep, or transact my necessary business for two or three days. The impression soon wore off, however, and I totally forgot it. It hardly occurred to my mind again until several years later. All right? Can I borrow your pen, Dad. pencil? Dad. Yep. I know. It's fine. I heard that. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, the dream. Am I remember it? Yeah. Essentially, what was the dream? 
shepherding that um, he would be happy. And then if you lost him, it, his world would be, or what he's living would be in a chaotic spirit. Okay. All right. Pretty interesting dream there that has taken place in John Newton's life. But where, where, is, where is he at spiritually right now? He's just walking according to his own deceitful heart, isn't he? Right? And that's what all men do, all people do, until God redeems and rescues that heart. Okay? And that's what we're watching happen in the life of Martin Luther now. Okay? So we'll continue to stop and make commentary on this as well as we pick up where we left off. All right? In the life of Martin Luther. Oh, by the way. What is what is uh what does uh the life of Martin Luther, what we're doing, have anything to do with yesterday? Anybody? Um, yesterday. yesterday. What was the what was the holiday the world celebrates? Halloween. Halloween. What's one that we can celebrate? Reformation, Reformation Day. Reformation Day. All right. October thirty first, fifteen seventeen. Fifteen seventeen. Remember? Sixteenth century. 1517, Martin Luther, we haven't got to this part, nailed his 95 thesis theses to the Wittenberg Castle door. Okay, His, his basically uh, challenges to the Roman church to debate on 95 points that they were wrong in scripturally. Okay? All right? And so, so a lot of people yesterday celebrated Reformation Day. And not Halloween. Okay? Alright, so here we go. Here we go. I've heard people oh. ask. Christmas movies. Oh. Right. Let me turn the volume down a little bit. Okay. Alright, y'all ready? Here we go. When did the heresy take possession of Martin Luther? Some say the devil lay with my mother and that I was born a heretical baby. The answer is, the heresy began as my imprisonment ended, one long night in Wittenberg. Man is sinful. I am sinful. Sin. Man is powerless. I am powerless. Powerlessness. All men come to judgment. I shall come to judgment. The inescapable judgment of God. Judgment. Must I be damned? Pause, pause, pause. Okay? This is important. Because, because many kids that grow up in, in good church, good home... Can, can watch this and, and go, yeah, I mean, that's cool. What happened to Martin Luther and everything? He's concerned about his soul. He's concerned about being damned. Um, and, um, but, you know, I mean, uh, I'm okay because like, I did this and prayed the prayer or, or, or whatever. And there's not been a, a time in your life where God has awakened you to the sinfulness of your sin. You see, right now, within the context of the big 
Roman Catholic Church that Martin Luther was involved in. To, if, if any of these priests or monks that he was amongst had, had kind of heard him thinking this way, what would they have said to him? Huh? Yeah, or or if they if maybe if they were his friend, well, if they're really his friend, they would have said, "Are you feeling all right?" They would have said, "Are you feeling all right?" Good. And then how would they have tried to make him feel better? Trying to tell him different things from the rule and stuff to try to make him feel better. Yeah, like what? Like like what? They would what would they have said? Yeah, they would say, they might say, Martin, you are, you are not, you're not that bad. We know you. We know you. We, we see you, how seriously you treat religion and God, and, and you are a, a good man, and you have, you have confessed your sins. You have, you believe in Jesus. You, uh, uh, you, you are a good monk. You're a good man. Why, why are you worrying? about your soul. Now, what was happening inside Martin Luther? Who was at work inside Martin Luther? Yeah, who was not at work inside those, those other people? God, right? So God was at work, especially in Martin Luther, wasn't he? Yeah, very important to, to recognize here as we go on. So he is, God is pressing in on him, all right? Things came into my mind. How can I be other than powerless? Am I God? Am I a saver of souls? Father, into your hands. I'd lived my life like a willful child, clinging, demanding, frightened. St. Paul says, the just shall live by faith. That night, I understood. That night, I abandoned my struggle and gave my life to my Lord Jesus Christ. For so long, I'd been afraid of falling. That night, I fell into the hands of the living God. Yes. Man can do nothing about his sinfulness. Yes. God is to do everything. Yes. Then I may do as I please. I can sin as much as I want. It makes no difference. Yes. You may do as you please. Now, tell me, what pleases you? What pleases me? Imagine it. No more laws, no more punishments. What do you do? Drink yourself senseless? Make faces at the Duke? Spend the rest of the week in a whorehouse? <laughs> Sorry, I don't understand. Well, you say to me, you may do as you please. I say to you, what you do comes from what you are, what you are in your heart. Not to do the weak heart, or to do good works. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, wherefore by their fruit you shall know them. Or is it the apples that makes the apple tree? I thought it was the apple tree that made the apples. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. This is the line before the one you gave me. If you're a good man, you'll do good work. Not to prove anything. Not to gain anything, just because that's how you are, how you are in your heart. Then what does it take to be a good man? Faith. Sir, every peasant in Germany has faith. So? Will heaven be 
of the German peasants. Might be. Can't be that easy. You think faith is easy? All right. Let's pause there and think through that whole dialogue, okay? Anybody want to kind of rehash that? What was that? What, what happened there? Okay. Good. Paying attention. The beginning of that dialogue, though, what happened was Martin Luther had come away from the scriptures after wrestling all night with God, and God had helped him understand the just. What's the what is the word just short for? He said, "The just yes. shall live by faith." Okay. All right, just. Anybody know what just is short for? Justified. 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 Okay, what does the word justified mean? All right, if Sydney, uh, if Sydney, uh, let's say that she gets, she's in the store and all of a sudden as she's walking out, the uh, clerk grabs her by the arm and says, Hey, I saw you put that in your pocket. I'm calling <clears throat> I'm calling the police. And the police come and they, they say, Well, since you're a kid, we're not going to take you to jail, but we're going to write you this citation and you have to come to court with your mom. And Sydney is tried for larceny at the Dollar General. Okay? <laughs> All right, now, let's say that the evidence is brought forth and Sydney gets a lawyer and the cameras are looked at and witnesses are interviewed and it's determined that Sydney did not do this crime. Then the judge will say and should say, you are free to go home. You are justified. Okay? You are you are right. You were not wrong. You are justified. Okay? Now, let's say that Sydney had committed the crime. Okay? Let's say that Sydney had committed the crime. And the judge hands down a sentence that, Sydney, you have to pay uh, not only the damages, the, the amount that you stole, but also. Uh, a fine for this court's trouble and the lawyer's troubles and the store's troubles for having to take you to court. So your fine is quadrupled, and and now Sydney only stole a Sydney only stole a five dollar. Uh, um, I don't know what candy she bar. what she stole. Well, candy bars aren't really five dollars, but you know she stole uh, a five dollar toy. Okay, one of those popper things that all the, you girls like to pop or whatever. Yes, yeah, she stole a five dollar poppet. But now her fine, it was only $5, but now, now her fine is $500. And Sydney, and Sydney doesn't have $500, okay? But now, now, though, 
after court, after court, the judge, after you are walking away with your head down, and you have to go to jail, to juvenile, if you can't pay your fine, the judge himself says, Sidney, you don't have $500, do you? No, sir. And the judge walks with you to the window of where the, the, I forget what they call that, but where you're supposed to pay your fine. And he pays your fine for you, the judge. And then he says, now, you're justified. Okay? You are you're made whole. You're made, you're made clean. The fine is paid. Okay? All right? So, <clears throat> no, it's paid. It's done. Paid for her. Okay? Now, to be justified, well, that sounds like a nice judge, doesn't it? But what, what does that little story represent? What God has done? He paid for it. Yes, it is. Right. What's the penalty for our sin? What's the penalty for our sin? Say again, Sydney. Death. But not, surely not Sydney's sin. Sydney, look how nice of a girl Sydney is. She's, she's such a nice girl. Surely, 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 Sydney is not worthy of death. Surely not. How about, how about Holden? How about Holden? Surely not. So, we're all, <coughs> we're all having a... We're all having a kind of, we're all, we're all having a good time with this. We're having a good time with this with each other. But really, in all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, before a holy God, the Creator God, who created you, who gives you every breath, who's making, who, who is making your heart pump right now, each time, who's holding every part of you together right now. And yet, and yet, how, how we treat him is, well, he's God's out there, over there, and, and he's nice and everything, and, and, and yes, I'm thankful, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do my own, own thing. We stand condemned, guilty before God. And listen, as concerned as Martin Luther was about his sin, you should be too. Okay? But what Martin Luther discovered in the Scriptures that night is that the just, out of the book of Galatians, the just or justified, in other words, those who are declared righteous shall live by faith. By faith in who? In the Lord, well, the faith specifically in the Lord Jesus and His work on our behalf, His justifying work on our behalf, in our place. Now, what was the objection that He's getting from His students? They're saying, wait a second, you're saying that you're made right with God simply by faith in Christ? It can't be that it can't be that easy. And then his student said, so you're saying you can just live however you want. And what did Martin Luther say? Yes. Yep. And then the, 
guy's eyes got even bigger. What? You're saying you can live however you want? And then Martin Luther says, because your want will be changed by God. It's called being made into a new man. Remember how, didn't I give you guys the illustration of, maybe I didn't, the pig, a pig and a dog? And a pig. No. no, okay. No. Did I? Maybe. maybe you weren't here? Right, maybe. Maybe it'll come back to you when I'm doing it again. Okay? So you take a, well, Carrington's heard me say this before, so maybe I didn't do it in class. A million times. All right. But you take a, if Kaya says, if we go over to Kaya's house for a field trip, and she, sa- and she says, have you guys seen my dog? And we say, no, we haven't seen your dog. And we, and we go in, and there on the couch is a pig <laughs> in a dog sweater. I would get Kaya some more glasses. Right? And we say, uh, Kaya, we say, Kaya, this, this, is a, this is not a dog. This is a pig. And she says, oh, I know, I know. But, I mean, isn't he cute? And, and, and so I call him my dog, and we just treat him like a dog. But there are kind of, there are kind of some, yeah, we do have some problems every now and then. It's like if you let him loose, he goes and rolls in the mud, you know. And then if if uh, if if we're not home, he he seems to kind of want to root his way into the trash can. And if we if he can get to the trash can, oh man, you ought to see the mess when we when we get back. And you know, we've tried this we've tried this thing that you, we did with my old dog, where you teach him to go outside when they need to go, but. Yeah, it's not kind of working out with, with him. And so we do have a really nasty mess to clean up every day when we get home. But other than that, I mean, you know, he's a pretty cute little dog. I mean, well, I, you, a pig, I guess. But, I've had a pig before, yeah. Okay, so. You just describe my dog when he was a puppy. All right, so, yeah. Now, it's not a perfect illustration, but here, here's the deal. I wish you would have used my dog Jackson. He used to act like a dog. Right, right, right. Now, so here's the deal, though, okay? If you take that. You take that. We we could make it. We could make it an even sillier illustration, and it might demonstrate the point. You know, let, let's say we go to Kaya's house, Four and there's years. the pig on the couch, and she says, "Have you met my little sister?" <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we, right? Wait, Kaya. Kaya. Okay, right. And we say, she says, "Have you met my little sister?" And we and we're like, "What in the world?" And she says, "Well, I know." And she tells us all the same stuff that this little sister does. And, and we say, now, now listen, related to the good works, to the idea of the good works, that these people are, are uh, saying, wait a second, you can't be justified by, by faith if, if you don't also, if, if, if you're not, you, you have to have good works to save you, okay? Now, Martin Luther's trying to explain to them, no, the person themselves has to be made into a new creature, and that is done by the power of God, by the Spirit of God. Go back and read John chapter 3, the story of Nicodemus when you get a chance, okay? Um, so listen, listen, understand this illustration and how it ties in, okay? Take that pig on Caius couch, yeah. all right? Put that pig, put that pig at... Can you take him off the couch? All right, listen, take, take a... Uh, all right, first of all, let's take all of you, okay? Let's take all of you. And over here, it's like, like you're at a crossroads. Over here, there's a brand new iPhone 13. Okay? Is that what the newest one is? Okay. And over here, we'll get to it. Over here, so over here is an iPhone 13. And over here is a whole bunch of 
It's a, it's, a mi- it's a mix of all the food trash from the whole week. Just all that, that instead of putting in the garbage disposal, it all got put in one place. And so it's, it's everything just all mixed together and it's starting to smell and it's just nasty and rotten. Oh, and so that's over here. And over here is the iPhone 13. And you are at the crossroads. Where are you going? Okay. Where's Kaya's little sister going? The pig sister. Where's the where's Kaya? Now now could we say could we say, listen to this, could we say that, that pig has a choice? Yeah. A, a free choice. A free choice. A free a free will. Can we say that pig has got free will, free choice, can go pick either one, right? Where's the pig go where's the pig going? Where's the pig going? Every every time. So for that pig to actually for that pig to actually be Kaya's little sister and choose what is good here in this story, what needs to happen to that pig? A miracle that only who could perform? Only God could perform. In other words, the pig's pig's nature has to be changed into a human. The pig has to be changed by God into a person, wouldn't it? Okay, so what Martin Luther is teaching these men here is that salvation, the true true salvation, is a work of God through faith that God gives as a gift. Okay, and now that person no longer does like Cain. No, that person no longer does like Cain and offers up to God his works. He no longer says, "Well, I." was born going to the right kind of church and I I did this ritual. I was baptized. I prayed a prayer at VBS. I memorized all my Awana verses. He doesn't any longer hand up to God his filthy rags of good works. Instead, he has been, been made new by the faith of Christ. And he, he, his answer is like Abel. His answer is nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. There is no uh, remission, no forgiveness of sins outside of the death and bloodshed of the innocent Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, on my behalf, which by faith then justifies a man and a new nature has been given to that man who now desires truth in the inward parts. In the inside, remember how we talked about the, uh, Jesus explaining in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you might keep all these outward laws, but I see your heart. You, you say, say you, don't, you, don't, you, know, you don't kill people, but I say to you, if you call your brother a moron, that you have hatred in your heart. And now what has happened in Martin Luther's life is God has changed him on the inside He's given him righteousness and not his own through faith. And now Martin Luther desires good fruit, not just on the outside, but on the inside. And that's a new man. And now he recognizes that he has been given the gift of righteousness declared on his behalf. He's been justified by the judge himself. The judge himself did what we talked about in that story of Sydney and stepped out of heaven took on flesh and paid the fine, the fine of death 
of bloodshed. Okay? That must be the case for every person in this room. Every person in this room is going to have to have in some way a Martin Luther or a John Newton. We haven't got to it yet. But what God did in their life was turn them from darkness to light. To turn them from their sin and their self-righteousness to a righteousness which is by faith. By the faith of Jesus. Okay? Last little illustration I'll give you. When you go read John 3, and I hope you will, the story of Nicodemus, and Jesus is telling him, look, don't you know? You know all these stories of men in the Old Testament, and you don't realize that something by my Spirit had transpired in their life? They had been born again, born of the Spirit of God. They're children of God. And he says, and and Nicodemus is trying to understand how this could even happen. And so Jesus reminds him, Y'all laughing at my phone buzzing. <laughs> Jesus reminds him, let's, let's finish up with this story of the serpent in the wilderness. Anybody know that story in Numbers chapter 20? Huh? The children of Israel were complaining and griping against God, and God sent fiery serpents among them, and they began biting the people, and the people, and the people began dying, and, and Moses did like Christ did for us and interceded for them. And said, will you not have mercy on these people? And God provided a way of escape, a way of salvation. And he told Moses to lift up a serpent of brass on a pole. And all who looked would live. And Jesus told Nicodemus, even so must the Son of Man, Jesus, be lifted up. That whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have eternal life. Who was lifted up? Jesus was lifted up. Jesus was lifted up. Listen, if someone on the street that doesn't know you, maybe that's working for Jesus, were to approach you and say, Hi there, Um, do you have an assurance that when you stand before God on Judgment Day, being judged for your works, what what will He say to you? And if your answer begins with, Well, I know that I'm okay because I, you're on the wrong track. But if your answer is, well, I know that I'll be safe on that day because God. Because God lifted up His own Son, the Lord Jesus, in my place. And I have no goodness, no righteousness of my own. But He has forgiven me by the blood of His own Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, shed on my behalf. That's what's going on all throughout church history, all throughout the story of Martin Luther and John Newton, is there are Cains and there are Abels. There are Cains and there are Abels. Which one are you? Which one are you? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would take these stories of men that you have wrought miraculous works in throughout history. And then, of course, your word uh, declaring the work of God throughout history history on our behalf to save man from their sins through the work of the Lord Jesus on their behalf. The blood of Christ shed in our place. I pray that everyone here will look not to any sort of religious rituals that they have done but to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.